0: hello and welcome to afternoonified the podcast that's got mange i'm sarah i'm emily you okay i mean i'm i'm kind of itchy why do you ask delicious Sometimes it's just the first thing that comes to you for the cold open and you write it down and you go, yep. Most of the time it's the first thing that comes. Do you think I'm putting thought into these things? <laughs> it is no thought, no thought, no thought, thought, write it down, Done. I wish I could do that kind of shit with, like, actual writing projects instead of sitting there thinking, like, this has to be perfect when I literally just need to put words on paper so I don't have to keep thinking about it. Right? Wouldn't it be easy if you could just do that? You tell yourself to do that. Apparently some people live their lives like that. I mean, Stephen King comes to mind, and I guess cocaine probably helps. Uh, cocaine did help a lot, yes. Or you can be like George R. R. Martin, who I... I don't know if he actually writes. (laughs) Isn't there supposed to be a book coming out? I think there was supposed to be a book coming out like four or five years ago. He writes like I do, where it's like, yeah, I'm working on this project. And then six years later, oh, I'm still working on this project. It's still... Honestly, I sympathize with him. I get it. And I don't have the pressure of six million nerds on the internet. (laughs) Don't we all have the pressure of six million nerds on the internet, Sarah? I mean, in life generally, yes. Just a, a Reddit of nerds. Which is, I think a a group of nerds more than 10 is a Reddit. But I like that. That's a good classification. Mm. And then anything less than that is a 4chan of nerds. (laughs) An incel of nerds. Go patent that. (laughs) Go add it to the dictionary. I don't know how you trademark words. I mean, there's a whole process of paperwork and honestly, it sounds exhausting. So we're talking about the Chupacabra today. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was going to say spoilers. It's it's the title of the episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about El Chubacabra, which I promise I'm not going to say it like that the whole episode. Like you're a game show host? Let's rattle off these sources real quick, because I got a bunch of them. Uh, so the classic Wikipedia, Cryptid Wiki, an old reliable. Uh, the PBS show Monstrum, which is all on YouTube and would highly recommend. Interesting. They do like... Eight to ten minute episodes on different monster folklore? Very good. Uh, the Tampa Bay Times, the BBC, the Texas Observer, All That's Interesting, Texas A&M University, and Live Science. Should you just say the BBC? Yeah. All right. Look, I am a serious researcher. I mm-hmm. go for quality news sources. What was that second source? Cryptid Vicky. Checking... <laughs> sometimes cryptid Wiki is the only place to go to get people who take it seriously because <laughs> i guarantee you all the other sources are debunking things this is true uh you also have uh up to three or four hours of roleplay experience you guys fought a chupacabra on Monster Pod? Oh right, with the chupacabra. I I was very confused what you even meant by that. But yeah, yes. I just need to accept that everyone except Sadie immediately forgets what you do in these episodes. No, because I like I thought about it all the time as I was writing this episode because I like would notice things and it'd be like, oh yeah, that I remember that from Monster Pod. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. our story begins. <laughs> I'm going to apologize for this intro in advance. <laughs> Our story begins in the summer of 1995. A Batman Forever had just crashed into theaters, nipple first. Sarah, su- <laughs> no, we're going to talk about this for a minute. We are. We're we're going to talk about this for a minute. I'm so, trying to set the scene. I don't care. We're going to talk about Batman's nipples. The nipples were barely noticeable. Batman Forever was the one where they put the nipples on the bat suit. So I made the joke. <laughs> Wait, did you say Batman Forever? Batman Forever. Batman and Robin was the one with the nipples. Was you Batman bleep? Forever? Okay. I I I look. I googled what stuff happened in 1995 because I couldn't remember, despite being alive in 1995. Batman Forever was Michael Keaton. Was that the Keaton? It's the second Keaton, and he was. No, that might have been Kilmer. Hold on. No. Oh, yep, it's Kilmer. It's the Kilmer Batman. Yeah, okay, because um, Keaton was not important. Well, I mean, Michael Keaton is very important, but no, Batman Forever was uh um the Riddler. Yeah, and the Batman Robin was the Joel Schumacher one. That makes the rest of my intro make more sense. Are you going to let me tell it now? <laughs> Joel Schumacher also directed Batman Forever, but... Oh, no, that's what I was saying, Batman Forever. Batman, no, because I was just looking it up. I googled it. Nope, it was directed by Joel Schumacher. Well... Look, I was seven. Yeah, I mean I was just gonna ask if you really wanted to play the nineties Batman game with me of all people. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I'm trying to Uh, think. There was Batman and Batman Returns with Michael Keaton directed by Tim Burton. Batman Forever directed by Joel Schumacher with Val Kilmer. Batman and Robin with George Clooney directed by Joel Schumacher. I'm glad you know this just off the top of your head. I know I've seen all of them. Need you to know how much I love nineties Batman. I would wager 90s Batman is better the than best Batman. most other Batmans. It is the best Batman. Um, uh, Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy uh, did a lot for me. i not, not surprised. No one okay. really is. So it's 1995. <laughs> There's no nipples yet. I mean, Val Kilmer does possess <laughs> nipples. They were just not glued to the suit. <laughs> TLC's Waterfalls was at the top of the billboard charts, and everybody was dancing to this fun new dance called the Macarena. I was watching a bird document, or a, a documentary about small animals narrated by Paul Rudd. It's on Apple Plus, it's very cute. But As you do. Um, there was a a spider doing a dance, and the music that they chose to play over the spider doing his mating dance was the Macarena. I would have guessed the Tarantella, but... I mean, the Uh, Monkerin is pretty good, That would have been good, but, yeah. I think less people would have gotten the joke. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a (laughs) head-scratcher. In Puerto Rico... Puerto... Puerto Rico. I'm going to take that. Puerto Rico. Residents were being terrorized by something far more sinister than Jim Carrey's Riddler. (laughs) I hate myself for all of this. Uh, all over the island, farmers were waking up to find their livestock had been mutilated and slaughtered, completely drained of blood, with strain puncture wounds in each animal's neck or chest. Locals gave the vampiric creature a name, Al Chupacabra. One who sucks. <laughs> literally, yeah. So it literally translates to goat sucker. So Chupar means to suck and cabras, which just means goat. And I know my Spanish pronunciation is bad. I am very white and I am from Minnesota. I'm sorry. All the cards are stacked against you. (laughs) (laughs) The name itself is actually credited to a San Juan based radio DJ turned comedian named Silverio Perez. So hat tip to him, I guess. Yeah, the Richie Tozier's of the world really do a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) He, to be fair, great name. I know it's a great name. Not cryptid name. Uh, so, in August of that year, newspapers reported on the first eyewitness sighting. A woman named Madeline Tolentino claimed to have seen the creature looking in through a window in her mother's house in Canovanas, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. I cannot say. Oh, you are say really having trouble Puerto with that. Puerto Rico. It's a lot of R's. It, Puerto Rico. Yeah, and I can't do it. My tongue not cooperating. Not cooperating. So sorry for all the times I'm going to butcher it, because I got to say it like 18 more times. <laughs> Just start, start doing vocal warm-ups where you stay, say stuff like Las Vegas and bag and bagel. <laughs> hey, I say bagel, right? Yeah, you do. Bag is different. Bag and boat. Never mind. <laughs> so this creature that she saw in the window, uh, she described it as bipedal, with short hair and large black eyes that were, quote... I have to quote it cuz it's really gross, damp and protruding, running up to its temples and spreading to the sides. Gross. So think like classic alien eyes, you know, like the mid 19 or mid 90s like green aliens with the big black eyes, very much like that. Yeah, I find it weird that we opted to make the grays green at some point. Because I, I I think it just fit more into the like the Lisa Frank aesthetic of the 90s. <laughs> I don't think Lisa Frank has a monopoly on green aliens, but okay. No, but I'm just saying like that was kind of like the whole aesthetic of the decade, and gray is just a little too muted. Yeah, you gotta I mean, kind of jizz it up a little bit. Well, if I if I had to guess, a real gray. <laughs> It's probably more of a gray-green, so... It's a very generous use of the word, real. I mean, I, who's to say, Sarah? I'm not <laughs> discounting the idea of aliens, but the grays might have more of a gray-green, kind of like Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. I I mean, this will be relevant later. I don't disbelieve in aliens as a concept. You just don't believe in grays. Specifically, yes. <laughs> but reptilians are okay? yeah obviously and obviously the nordics exist or we wouldn't have the (laughs) Skarsgård family uh so the creature stood four feet tall its arms drawn back as if it were about to attack and on each hand it had three long skinny fingers which somehow is extra bad to me i don't like yeah i don't like if it's their long no that's a vibe that i'm not into Uh, So together with local UFO researcher named uh, Jorge Martin, Tolentino produced a sketch of the creature. And this image was soon plastered not only on the front page of Puerto Rican newspapers, but on the Internet as well. And this is important. (laughs) The Internet was a thing when this creature kind of came into public consciousness. Think of any like think of what could have happened to the Mothman if the Mothman had gotten his start in the mid nineties when people had access to the internet. Did you hear that the Mothman was potentially spotted at the Wisconsin state fair during a skillet performance? I did see that. And I was very annoyed because I sat on TikTok actually, and I was about to send you the video because I was, got really excited. Like the Mothman's on his way to see me. And the description of the Mothman that they gave was just so wrong. He did not have red eyes for one. Like, if you don't have the red eyes, that's not the Mothman you're looking at. Maybe that's Two, just camera flashback probably in the high. nighttime. No, no one's hired no. a skillet show. No one's <laughs> hired a skillet show. That is Christian rock, Sarah. This wasn't, like, attendees, though. I feel like it was, like, fairground workers. Skillet is all, like, sparkling water and clove cigarettes if you're I'm- edgy. Yes, but I'm saying, like, it wasn't people attending the concert that saw the Mothman. It was, like, staff. It just happened that it was during the show. I mean, he does appear before natural disasters. This is true. I'm not the first person to make that joke. Anyway, so once the public finally got a good look at El Chupacabra, the moon on the island became nothing short of full-blown panic. So farmers hired guards to stand watch over their livestock. Like, kids were being escorted to school. Some families just, like, up and abandoned their homes altogether because they were so afraid of this creature. I I mean, yeah, it's fucking with the, the livestock, but that's pretty much exclusively what it fucks with, like... Yeah, but it sucks all their blood out. And it looks like a creepy alien. It's not going after humans. Actually, when I picture the chupacabra in my head, it usually looks like Weasel from the Suicide Squad. Like, even before Weasel from the Suicide Squad was a thing. You're thinking of the dumb chupacabra, and we'll get to that. The dumb chupacabra. (laughs) Oh, I have thoughts. Anyway... You're you're expecting people to think logically, like, oh, it's It's not attacking humans, so I'm safe. No one's going to think that. They're going to go, there's a monster on this island sucking blood out of things. (laughs) Yes, it's time to panic. So there were over 200 sightings of the chupacabra. Uh, At least that was reported. Uh, So in one horrifying incident, uh, a resident of the city of Caguas returned home to find a chupacabra inside his house, tearing apart one of his children's teddy bears. Uh, when confronted, the creature bolted for the nearest window, leaving both A, a trail of slime behind it, and B, a single piece of rancid meat on the windowsill. <laughs> I, I just... Why is it slimy? Because it's not a monster. slug. I don't know. I think... Think also. 1995. <laughs> I mean, I was four. Movie, I was, think of like movie aliens in like the 90s. They were all slimy. I, I guess thinking back to Men in Black a little bit, but. Lots of just lots of general slime in the 90s. 90s was a very slimy decade. I mean, look at who was president. A lot. I, weirdly time Bill Clinton joke. <laughs> So, the mayor of Canavanas, Jose Ramon Soto Rivera, who is better known as Kimo Soto, great name, capture El Chupacabra, Going so far, like, they would take a goat and they put it in a cage and they'd, like, drag it behind a pickup truck. Like, fucking Jurassic Park? Yeah, for bait. Uh, And he also, like, would carry with him, like, this huge giant crucifix for protection, I think. (laughs) I don't know what that is i don't know what the crucifix is gonna do but this is the 90s we knew better we we knew better so over the course of the next year the chupacabra was blamed for more than 2,000 animal deaths so not just goats as the name would suggest but cows horses rabbits cats and dogs uh with each new report witnesses descriptions grew more detailed and more horrifying uh the kind of horrifying that gives little baby sarah nightmares (laughs) when it's recreated on an episode of unsolved mysteries Well, that explains a lot about you. I have deeply traumatizing memories. (laughs) I can't say as I've ever been concerned about the chupacabra being neither a goat nor a cow. I might have just been a very scared child because I also have like distinct memories of there was a grove behind our house. Just like the wooded area. It's basically just like to protect the farm from wind. Um, But it was where I would play in the spring, in the fall, in the summer. But in the winter, I would not go near the grove because I was convinced there were polar bears in it. Just in the yeah, winter, I think you though, I might have just been a big weenie as a child. And this is—I was coming- a huge weenie. I'm still a huge weenie. <laughs> oh, this is coming from someone who spent like three to four years terrified of anybody wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was—I was a baby. So, the full description. Um, Is a creature that's four to five feet with a stance and gait very similar to that of a kangaroo. So like very strong back hind legs and kind of like shorter Mm kind of T-Rex almost forelegs, forearms. Mm -hmm. Um, Its skin was mottled gray um, with you got a couple options here. So there's like you could have a chupacabra with a line of quills down its spine or bat like wings or both. Sometimes both. Uh, it did smort stink-like things in a lizard tongue to match, uh, and generally left a foul stench, uh, kind of like sulfur, wherever it went. It's just propelled by farts. Just a very generally unpleasant-looking monster. Uh, most notable were its eyes, which witnesses described as large and alien in either gray black or glowing red. Uh, gl- gl- glowing red is just like flashback from... Uh, light's. I hate to say it, that's probably the case with Mothman as well, because he's usually spotted in headlights, which if you have big enough eyes, you're going to get some. Yeah, no, we, we've gone over that. There's like that certain kind of owl that literally has lies that reflect red. Yep. Yeah. Mothman was an owl, guys. I'm sorry. Um, A very beautiful, handsome, perfect owl, but an owl nonetheless. I love him, but he was an owl. <laughs> And there's also a fairly reasonable explanation for the, the chupacabra as well, but we'll get into that later. You're taking so, some real strong stances on this with like uh, Batman jokes and, and Bill Clinton jokes and calling out Mothman. And I don't know why you expect any different from me. Very controversial. Uh, so some residents were reasonably, absolutely terrified of this creature. Others embraced it. They saw El Chupacabra as kind of a symbol for Puerto Rico. Like they put <laughs> That's the <kinda> sad. <laughs> Well, it monstrum is a really good like explanation of it. Like, we'll get into the politics in a little bit, but the Puerto Ricans are kind of like outsiders in their own country, and so you get this weird kind of very other creature, and it quickly becomes kind of adopted as like a mascot almost. Um, So, like the you started seeing like Chupacabra T-shirts. Um, he inspired at least three songs. (laughs)
1: Uh, oh, one yeah. Spanish
0: pop song hit the radio with the lyrics, Gotta have fun and party in case the goat sucker are gonna get me. Yeah, yeah. No, that, you should. Yeah. Always live your life like you're about to get eaten by a chupacabra. Yes. So, <laughs> explanations for the creature varied. So, some believed it could be a surviving dinosaur. Others <laughs> claimed it was the result of some deeply unethical experiment being conducted by the United States military. Interesting. Interesting angle. Uh, chupacabra being the result of a... My experiment. Hmm. 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 <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So, like I mentioned earlier, for the people of Puerto Rico, not a huge stretch. Like it is a United States Commonwealth and it is subject to federal law, but it's oh, and its residents are United States citizens, but eh. its people have no voting rep- representation in Congress and can't vote in presidential elections. And if you think that's messed up, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically like having a hot girlfriend but getting mad whenever she tries to talk. Yeah, like, there's this real sentiment on the island of being exploited and ignored. You can't really blame the people for being suspicious of the United States government. Because it's exactly all of those things. I mean, I have voting rights and I am suspicious of the United States government. Yeah. You should be. That's the point. Uh, So, even before the chupacabra emerged on the scene, there were rumors of the military conducting top-secret experiments deep inside the island's rainforest. So, this was just par for the course, as far as most people are concerned. I don't think our government is coordinated enough to do that and not get caught. No. That's also the other thing. That's why I'm, like, distrustful of the United States government, but also don't believe in conspiracy theories, because no one can keep a secret. (laughs) And people are bad at it. I've come around on Area 51 a little bit. Did I tell you that story? Yeah, but, like, that's the whole point. It's a secretive base. Yeah, but it just... Yeah, because they do top-secret testing there. Yeah, but, like, flying someone out, bag on head, just to ask them a couple questions, it probably could have been a phone call. Like, that is the epitome of this meeting could have been a phone call. Yes, but that doesn't mean it's aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Eh. So, speaking of... (laughs) According to Jorge Martin, he's the guy who helped uh, Madeline Tolentino draft that sketch of the creature. Uh, He believed the Chupacabra was an alien from another planet and it had been drawn to Puerto Rico by the Arecabo, I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, Arecabo Observatory, which at the time was the world's largest radio radar telescope. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the official line was much more mundane, so most experts blame the animal deaths on packs of feral dogs. Um, Puerto as Rico they were does known, have a lot of those. Yeah, no, till he puncture wounds, um, and you know, just general hysteria whipped up by a sensationalist media. This that is seems why I, I make the Mothman comparisons. <laughs> it feels like a very Mothman story. Regardless. Uh, the legend continued to spread, and soon El Chupacabra were being blamed for animal deaths throughout Central and South America, up into Mexico, and uh, even into Miami, and even as far as Spain and Portugal. I don't think. Is it just Spanish speaking countries? Because. It's also like- Spanish speaking. No, not necessarily, because they have now, in I think like 2018, there were quote-unquote chupacabra sightings in, like, India. So it's spreading a little farther than that. But yeah, it's generally a lot of, like, Spanish-speaking... Because Spain and Portugal seem like a stretch. Yeah. Culturally, it's also, like, a very Spanish creature, Latin America creature. I would say that it's more Latin American than it is Spanish, because, mercifully, it doesn't have anything to do with the settlers that brought their asses over here. It was established in that part yeah. of the Latin America... Spanish-speaking, I think, was what I was trying to say. It really is just Mothman and Espanol. (laughs) In the mid to late 2000s, reports of Chupacabra sightings began popping up in Texas. But the Texan Chupacabras were different. So, the apparent taste for draining the blood of poor farm animals remained the same. That's still a thing. Uh, The creature was no longer described like the red-eyed, alien-like creature that had stalked Puerto Rico. It... It's basically it was it was a dog they were describing dogs, no Sarah, that right there is a chupacabra. I don't care what you say. That ain't no dog. You're doing a very good impression of a woman we're about to meet. <laughs> So, granted, uh, these were no ordinary canines. They were described as hairless and emaciated with skin that appeared scaly or burnt. Uh, Sounds like sholo dogs. So, most notably, the Texas variety Chupacabra had one thing its Puerto Rican counterpart didn't. Uh, Actual bodies started turning up. Mm. About a dozen alleged alleged Chupacabra carcasses have turned up across the state in the years since. So, one of these stories. In June of 2007, a rancher and naturopathic doctor... Oh, my God. Uh, Named Phyllis Canyon. Sighted the creature skulking through the pastures of her ranch. So, I'm not gonna... I've never met Phyllis. Never, like, seen an interview with her. I've just kind of read this one little story. This is all from the Texas Observer. If you have a quote from her, I'd be more than happy (laughs) to read it. I'm just saying, um... I... I'm pure... Pretty sure she isn't vaccinated. I'll say that. Oh, bless her heart. This is my judgment call on Phyllis. So soon after, the Canyons begin finding their chickens dead. Uh, All their throats ripped out and their bodies apparently drained of blood. So in mid-July, the hairless, emaciated carcass of a strange animal was found near the Canyon Ranch. Phyllis preserved the creature's skull and even had it taxidermied. And since then, she's appeared in over 60, quote, documentaries... (laughs) Which aired on all the usual suspects. So, National Geographic, History Channel, Discovery, Animal Planet. Like, if you've seen an American television program about the Chupacabra, I'm guessing there is probably an interview with her in it. I can say for absolute certain that this woman owns a big dog's t shirt that she sleeps in. <laughs> it's definitely the vibe. She has a pair of light pink sweatpants that she wears out as her nice pants. Canyon, of course, complains that the specimen is a chupacabra. Uh, In an an interview with the Texas Observer, she speculated that her chupacabra is likely some some kind of rare hybrid dog, Uh, even going so far as to claim that she had had DNA tests done at five different universities and none of them were ever able to find an exact match. I, um, I question her ability to gather a suitable DNA sample. Also, it's just straight up, not true. So, like Texas State University has tested the specimen and found it's a complete match for a coyote.
1: Oh, it's probably oh. just
0: a coyote with mange That's <laughs> and too here bad. here is the disappointing truth. All of the chupacabra carcasses that have been discovered in Texas have been DNA tested, and every one of them has been confirmed as either a dog, a coyote. Or a raccoon, usually with some sort of parasitic infection. How did raccoons get roped into this? They're very small. (laughs) Raccoons? If you've ever seen, like, a hairless raccoon, it looks kind of fucked up. (laughs) I mean, obviously, any animal that's supposed to have hair that doesn't have hair looks kind of fucked up at first. Do you remember the Montauk monster? Like, it was probably mid-2000s. Only loosely. I mean, Google it. Uh, You can find a picture. So, like... For those of you who don't know, the Montauk Monster was something that like washed ashore on I want to say like Long Island or something. Um or the shore of Montauk, that's probably where it's got where it got its name. But it was like a weird, slimy corpse of like a hairless creature. It's a pig. It looks like a pig. It's I believe they tested it and it was a raccoon. It was like a raccoon carcass. Oh god, I hate it. But like all the hair was gone and it had started to decay, so it's got kind of that weird beak thing going on. Yeah, I hate like, it. Raccoons look fucked up when they don't have hair. Gross. So if you see one, you're probably going to assume it's a crazy monster of some sort, and I can blame you. And I mean, there's also a breed of dog that just on its own merit like looks like a chupacabra. Um, right. I can't spell it, but it is pronounced Sholo dog, and they're a mm. Mexican breed, and they are mostly hairless with like little tufts. And you get one of those that's a little fucked up. And, uh, I mean, that's, it looks a hell of a lot like a a chupacabra. So that's a good segue. Let's talk about mange for a minute. No, thanks, but okay. Uh, Because I'm guessing there's folks out there who don't know or don't fully understand what mange is. You probably heard of it and just not thought about it. Uh, So mange, which is also known as scabies, is a common disease that afflicts both wild and domestic animals. So there are two kinds. There's sarcoptic or demodectic. Both are caused by mites. In these mites, they burrow into the skin and lay eggs. And I'm sorry, it's real gross. And that causes intense itching and hair loss. So skin will often become infected and grow abnormally thick. And all the constant itching usually results in some pretty unpleasant scabs. And, you know, don't ever look up pictures of dogs with mange because it will just make you sad. Um, one time I was convinced that I probably had mange or scabies. Um on my foot (laughs) but it turned out that i was just allergic to sand mites and had gone to the beach recently the little bites you're you're going down the right track it is mites, just probably not the right just bites like they weren't burrowing or anything yeah um i'm gonna send you a picture of a dog oh look at that you see what i mean he's got a very cool uh yeah um God, what does that little mohawk remind me of? A little mohawk. He looks like a little Yondu. Some cartoon (laughs) character. Yeah, he's pretty cute. But yeah, that's a Um, decently common Mexican breed of dog. Frida Kahlo had one. mm -hmm. I think. I don't know. (laughs) We'll do a mini on it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, mange will also affect an animal's behavior. So, a wild dog or coyote coyote that is debilitated by mange will seek out easier prey. And you would be hard-pressed to find an easier target than a dumb goat trapped in a pen. Well, and, and don't they usually go for the soft bits, um, like the the tongue and the butt area? That's... You're not necessarily wrong, but I think that is usually, like, people who... are that is scavengers. So when, like, scavengers are attacking a dead corpse of something, yes, they will go for the... The the eyes, the tongue, and the butthole are the first to go. Yep. But that wasn't the case with any of the chupacabra deaths. Just usually, like, puncture holes and no blood. I mean, it seems... Again, we'll get to it. Yeah, okay. Uh, So here's the thing. The whole explanation, this dogs with mange actually makes total sense for the other physical evidence that's left behind after chupacabra attack which is the slaughtered livestock and here is like there's actual both in texas and puerto rico yes there are a lot of very sensationalized sightings and reports like that but there also legitimately is dead animals turning up that something has to be causing so i mean i would just assume animals like it's a farm that happens does it not I mean, again, you're thinking logically. I'm sorry. So dogs and coyotes, when when attacking, will instinctively go for their victim's neck. Um, and puncture wounds they leave behind do resemble vampire marks. A lot of people assume that canines like to eat or tear up their victims, but I guess this is a myth. Dogs can be total thrill killers, and it's not unheard of them for just to attack another animal for fun. Um, may I just take this opportunity to say uh, Jeffrey Dogmer? Yes. Congratulations. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and add to that. I'm just gonna leave that there. John Great Dane Gacy. I don't know. Uh, so the problem comes in that dogs and coyotes aren't actual vampiric animals. Like, so vampiric animals like bats. They like, they do exist, but they have entirely different teeth and digestive systems that allow them to actually like extract the blood from a creature and actually get nutrients from it. Like a regular old sick coyote isn't gonna if it's just drinking blood it's gonna starve to death yeah it can't process it it doesn't get any nutrient um you want to hear something fucking awful that is horrifying and always there is a vampiric seabird um they live on a remote island i can't remember where but they will cut into like the butts of Other birds that live on the island and drink their blood. That's horrifying. It is. Nature's fucked up. It is. I hate birds. Birds freak me out. (laughs) They're mean. (laughs) They're little dinosaurs. I mean, there are also birds that eat the chicks of other birds in like one bite. It's awful. Yeah. And have you seen a shoe bill? (laughs) Yes. But also, you just made me think of that big fucking muppet looking bird. The shoebill, yeah. God, I love the fucking shoebill. If I'm doing a Muppet Bird, I'm going to do a Patoo Bird. I mean, but he, like, the shoebill actually looks like a Muppet. Like, not the cute Muppets. So, like, yeah. Have you seen a Patoo Bird? I mean, I've seen a Patoo Bird, but, like, the shoebill is just so cartoonish. Yeah, I, I, they freak me out. I, I hate them. I love them. They are truly terrifying, and I love them dearly. <laughs> anyway, so. If the coyotes and dogs can't actually, like, suck and digest blood, how does that explain these animals being drained of blood? They Uh, probably weren't. Shit bleeds out. Yeah. So, it also comes down to lividity, which I'm actually sure you can explain to us because you've seen every episode of CSI. Would you like to take a a shot at this? Sorry, I didn't actually watch after uh, William Peterson left, but I can probably explain lividity uh, because I have seen every episode of Criminal Minds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lividity is... Because when you stop being alive, your blood stops moving because your heart isn't moving, which is what keeps you alive, that whole thing. I'm sure you're aware. Yes. Uh, So your blood settles. And lividity, like, they can tell what position you were found in and how long you've been there by how, I guess, flushed the skin in one area of your body is. Because if you die on your back and aren't moved, then the, like, your ass end is going to be really dark because the blood is settling due to gravity. Right. Yes. That is all correct. <laughs> Very professional. Yeah. When you die, your blood kind of, you know, gravity takes over. It can't go anywhere else. So it all kind of sinks to the lowest part of your body. And when it's there, it coagulates and it thickens. And if someone cuts into a dead body that's of someone or something that's been dead for a couple hours, it's not going to bleed. Yeah. Dead bodies There's don't bleed. There's nothing pushing the blood out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that gives the appearance that it's been drained of blood. The blood is in the goats, but you just aren't cut in the right place. <laughs> so, you you might remember earlier when I said, like, um, Texan chupacabras were dumb chupacabras. Yes. This is what bugs me most about Texan chupacabras. Like, the explanation is very obvious. You don't have to be an expert to look at a video or a photo of an alleged chupacabra and understand that the thing's just a dog. <laughs> Like, yes, they're weird-looking dogs, but it's it's right there. It's like people just start encountering, like, weird-looking coyotes and slap the label chupacabra on it, despite having zero similarity to the original myth. I mean, you have And to, the original myth is so much better. The Puerto Rican chupacabras are better, but um, you watch what you say about Texas, Sarah. <sighs> I... Texas can fight me. Your chupacabras... The Lord's Greatest State. I went very Georgian there for a second. Um... <laughs> No, uh, your chupacabras are bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> Here's the thing: um, Texas is full of very bored, undereducated people. You're not wrong. Um, that's why, whenever you like, if you th- if you take a second to imagine someone who is reporting a UFO or something, what accent do they have? Southern. It's a stereotype for a reason. <laughs> I'm not saying that people aren't making dumb claims in like Washington because they are. Um, oh, all the time. But they're very loud mm. about it because that's the thing. Like they're also very um, exuberant. So you hear about it more. Yep. But um, if there's something that could possibly be entertaining, like a chupacabra that's actually a dog, why don't you make your own fun? i mean i can't blame them i would also want to make my life more exciting but i don't know if that's the way i choose to do it no i think i'd rather my house be haunted than have a chupacabra because at least with a ghost like what the fuck is it gonna do yeah ghosts can't hurt you chupacabras hmm. well it depends on who you ask speaking of the good chupacabras as i like to call them Brings us let's let's go back to Puerto Rico for a moment. Of course. No matter what theory you subscribe to there that it's an alien or an experiment, like that thing, that creature that it was described by Madeline Tolentino, that's definitely not a dog. (laughs) You can't like mistake that for a dog. Um, well I'm about to ruin your day. Uh, what is it? When Texas started making news with all its chupacabra corpses, uh, this guy named Benjamin Radford, and he was a research fellow with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. Oh, We've God. heard about them before. They came up on our Mothman episode. Uh, he launched a deep dive investigation into the chupacabra and eventually wrote a book about book about it called Tracking the Chupacabra. Why are we paying these people to be buzzkills? Because it's interesting, Emily. <laughs> it's not. They're lame. They're the people you don't want to talk to at parties. You're talking about me. I'm the person you don't want to talk to. The parties. I love fight I love getting explanations like this, though. Like, I love, like, enjoying the weird story, but then also, like, seeing. You don't like, delight understanding in telling people what... they're wrong, though. That's the difference. <laughs> I don't get that vibe from Benjamin Radford, though. Like, he, like, legitimately, like, at least according to, like, what he said, like, he was open-minded. He was like, there's actual corpses turning up. I would love to see, I would love to get to the bottom of what this actually is. Like, it isn't, like, I don't know. Committee for Skeptical Inquiry in general, like, strikes me as much more of, like, they can, they can be buzzkills. But more it's, like, they really enjoy the investigation and getting to the bottom of what people are actually seeing and what causes them to think differently i don't know i like it i find it very interesting and that's why I do all these cryptid episodes <laughs> also because emily won't do them i don't believe in cryptids <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe in them but i also don't like enjoy telling people like you know mothman's actually actually i love that one that one's fun see it's fun <laughs> I don't know. There's just it's something interesting very to me about it. Sometimes you can be condescending about it. I don't disagree with that, but I don't think there's anything inherently condescending with explaining what a thing actually is. I guess if he didn't go out there to be like, "I'm going to prove this is bullshit," no, he like, I want to understand be objective, yeah, be okay, a, yeah, all right, I'll give him that's, the benefit of the, the doubt. That's the vibe I get. That's the vibe I get. I don't know. I read like three interviews with him. I can't make a. Total determination on that, but that's what I get. So, as part of his research, he scored an interview with Madeline Tolentino, who you may remember as the first person to report that chupacabra sighting, and also the first person to give a physical description of the creature. Here's the thing. (laughs) She was on a lot of mushrooms. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, God. Unconfirmed. No, but... Her report just happens to have followed the release of the movie Species. I don't remember this movie. Do you movie. remember the movie Species? Not at all. Okay. So for you and everyone else that's unfamiliar, we're, we're going to quickly just read through the IMDB synopsis of the 1995 movie Species. In 1993... An extraterrestrial transmission is received detailing an alien DNA structure, along with instructions for how to splice it with human DNA. The result is Syl, essential but deadly creature who can change from a beautiful woman to an armor-plated killing machine in the blink of an eye. Armor-plated like an armadillo. <laughs> Government agent Xavier Fitch assembles a team of scientists and mercenaries to locate and destroy Syl before she manages to find a mate and breed. Uh, who is in this film? This is the thing. You go to the IMDb page, Ben Kingsley, Alfred Molina, Forrest Whitaker, Marg Helgenberger, Michelle Williams, like a very young Michelle Williams. She must have been a fetus. There's like a very... Oh, she's older than us. It's 95. But this is a very star-studded cast. Uh, It's also got a 43% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So obviously. Make of that what you will. So... Along with an amazing cast. (laughs) Michelle Williams uh, would have been fourteen when they filmed that. (laughs) I I told you I told you she was a young Michelle Williams. I didn't say adult Michelle Williams. I mean young means so many things now that I'm an old person. Yes. So species features an alien monster designed by H.R. Geiger, who's the same guy who designed the aliens for Alien. And the monster in the movie looks not entirely. Unlike Tolentino's description of El Chupacabra, I looked up some pictures. I don't quite see the resemblance, but, like, it's black-gray. It's kind of scaly. It's got the big alien eyes. Um, there are some differences, as, like, I don't think anyone ever described the Chupacabra as having discreet breasts. I was gonna say, did it have boobs? <laughs> it had boobs. It had, like, armor boobs. I'm looking at it right now. Um Yeah. This is listed as the second thing on Mark Helgenberger's IMDb, like, known <laughs> for. And that's very upsetting, because she was also in Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> uh, so Species' whole plot, of course, revolves around top-secret government experiments. Uh, part of the movie was even filmed in Puerto Rico. And not long before she reported her in terrifying encounter with El Chupacabra, Madeline Tolentino caught a screening of it. So what you're saying is, Madeline Tolentino... Did a big joint and then woke up in the middle of the night because I've had this happen to me before. Except instead of a chupacabra, it was the Duke That was actually a backpack hanging on my door. I'm not. I wouldn't discredit the idea that maybe there were drugs involved, but there's also no indication that drugs were involved. And sometimes, also, your just brain is an asshole, as we've discussed in previous episodes. Um, you don't have to be high to see things that are scary <laughs> The first review of this movie on imdb is an eight star and it says severely underrated <laughs> oh god read the review for us i want to hear more from this this man i'm assuming it's a man it's a long one but i have to guess he was a fan of the alien boobies um yeah Dennis Feldman's Species is a severely underrated science fiction film from the 90s. The film touches on many themes, including the meaning of life, human desires, specifically procreation, human interaction, kindness, empathy, selfishness, fear, manipulation, intuition, and following orders. It does so in a way that is mostly sublime enough that it comes across as genuine. This person has put more thought into the 1995 movie species than the writers of the 1995 movie species. His head is so far up this director's ass (laughs) that I'm surprised that this director can't taste his hair gel. Anyway, so that guy really liked the film Species. Yeah, I bet he did. It sounded a lot like when I tried to tell people that As as Above, So Below is a really deep film, which it fucking is, but it had the same tone. (laughs) Absolutely nothing to do with... The attractive cast. I was going to just call out Ben Feldman, but I mean, everybody in that movie is great. I mean, it's also a genuinely scary film. I don't disagree. <laughs> I'm just making fun of you. Oh, yeah. Because no, you're my friend. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not to dunk on... I guess it's a young Alfred Molina, so that's kind of up in the air. But no one in species is really hot. I'm going to get some Forrest Whitaker stand just... <laughs> emailing me <laughs> <laughs> how dare you uh so it should be noted uh that there's no indication and i would say no implication from radford either that this was something tolentino did on purpose it genuinely feels like she just kind of there were reports of a blood-sucking creature she saw a scary movie she psyched herself out and thought she saw something and then she reported it and the rest is history um uh, the rest Virginia is history. was kind of cute in this one anyway um Yeah, so Indiana Jones cute, but in an interview with the BBC, Radford credited the legend as the perfect storm of scientific misunderstanding, misidentification of animals, media hype, cultural, cultural anxiety, and mass hysteria. Good old Southern insistence. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the chupacabra. Still one of my favorite cryptids. This is the thing like you can you can be skeptical of a thing and still enjoy the thing. (laughs) I mean, the Flatwoods monster is my favorite cryptid, so... And that also was an owl. It's It also was an owl, but it's just the descriptions are so, like, ungodly just weird. completely bonkers. Yeah, see, those are, that's why I like Mothman. It's why I like Chupacabra. Like, there are so many cryptids that are just, like, Bigfoot. Excuse and I'm board me. bored of Bigfoot. <laughs> he was the I original. S- that's like saying that you're bored of Citizen Kane. Ca- that was a bad example. That's like saying <laughs> that you're bored of i don't fucking know i don't necessarily think i'm bored it's just like bigfoot seems to be kind of like the default cryptid and like bigfoot he's a classic yes but like there's too many people who are trying to like make bigfoot a thing in other places i guess i like the pacific northwest bigfoot i can give respect to that it's when people are like oh is bigfoot in new england like go fuck off no No one would never go to new england he's not a leaf peeper he prefers pine it's just you taking a popular creature and trying to make it a thing. Like, exactly. it's all the other lake monsters that are not Loch Ness Monster. Like, Well, Tessie has her own thing. I will make a few exceptions there, just because lake monsters in general are pretty great, but... It's usually anyway. a log. It's the thing. Give me an interesting cryptid any day. Give me something that no one has ever seen before and doesn't look like anything no, else. No, I saw something the other day where it provided, like, an animal explanation for a lot of sea monsters. And I think it was, like, some big fucked up squid sturgeon maybe or an oarfish i've heard those as like explanations oarfish are fucking terrifying oh yes i've i've uh i love deep sea nature documentaries but i am deeply terrified of everything down there yeah there's a lot of fucked up shit in like under the water yeah especially in the ocean but kind of just everywhere in the water i don't trust the fucking ocean oh hell no all right well if you've seen a chupacabra please let us know good chupacabra I'll take any chupacabra because chances are it might just be a cute dog. Um, like a, a chup- tell us about the dogs you've seen. Cute picabra? I don't know what I'm I doing. I would I would rather hear about um people running into dogs than people running into well oh yeah, dogs, no, but yeah, dogs, yeah, yeah. but thinking they're chupacabras. Just tell us about your dog. You can tell us about a dog. You can tell us about a chup- chupacabra. You can describe your favorite Alfred Molina role. Um, minus the Da Vinci Code. Can you tell us your thoughts on the 1995 movie species? Please. Uh, You can do that at Afternoonified on Instagram and Twitter. We also have a website, uh, getafternoonified.com, where you can send us emails, look at past episodes. We have merch. We have a very cute new merch design, courtesy of Avalon Leonetti. It's our um, Billy Howie Taft in a bathtub. Fucking adorable. You can also just straight up email us, afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. And, uh, remember to rate, subscribe, review, all of that fun stuff. And, um, I don't know, lock up your goats. Yeah, don't let your goats out. Those, those, they're not very smart. You know that old Puerto Rican saying, always count your goats before you sleep. Yep. All right, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, we love you. love the bachelor franchise ah the romance the adventure the drama but do you also kind of hate the bachelor franchise oh yeah the sexism the racism the intense heteronormativity of it all here at date card we're just two obsessed queerdos who love to dissect talk shit and get blocked by problematic contestants yeah we're here for the good the bad and the chad of it all you can find us on SoBlow media itunes and spotify please Please accept accept this rose. rose